to Remember Twilight, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Twilight Saga. On Remember Twilight, we talk about all things openly. Mental health, relationships, sex, religion, fashion. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can, so if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we are not spoiler-free. Remember Harry Potter, remember Hogwarts, remember all those houses into which we all are sorted. Harry and Draco, Hermione and Ron, Dumbledore and Snape, Hagrid and we're gonna go, we're gonna remember Harry Potter. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. This is Marin. This is Emily. And this is Remember, Remember Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. And welcome to this week's episode of Remember Harry Potter, where we are finally, <laughs> at long last, talking about the one character we've all been wondering about, praying about, worrying about, the Basilisk. Mm-hmm. We didn't pray or worry, but wonder for sure. I am going to be worrying and praying from here on out after seeing this terrifying picture <laughs> on harrypotter.fandom.com. What's so terrifying? That thing Ew. is spooky. Oh, I'll show the chat. <laughs> no one's on the chat. They'll be here. They'll watch it later. <gasps> okay, but here's the worst thing about it. Not only is it like... She's thick. Yeah, she is. That's what I was going to say. She's like a big. She's like big around. She's thick. She's thick with a double C. <laughs> Um, she doesn't have a name. Rude. I'm going to assume it's a girl. I think it's a girl. Mare, is the Basilisk a girl? Oh, it is. Because listen to this. Okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Eye color, yellow. Skin color, green. Okay. Feather. Feather color. 
Scar- Ex- excuse me? <laughs> Scarlet plume on the head if male. She got no feathers. She's a girl. Okay. The skin. <laughs> the scale. The scales. The feather. I don't like her at all. No, she's terrible. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Teresa says she's scary as F, and I agree. Um, She's related to the snake, chicken, and toad. <laughs> Two of them are her parents. One of them may be a cousin. Stop. I can't. Are you? It's up to you to decide which the parents are. <laughs> How much of that did you just make up? Zero. Oh, no. It's all here. <laughs> okay. I'm buckling in. I was just like, I was just rolling around the back of the car until now. But <laughs> I'm buckling in for this ride. Um, she's native to Greece, but now she can be found worldwide. I. Okay. Imagine. What? Mm. People imported her. <laughs> Why? Okay, see, if Harry Potter was a true Slytherin, he would have made his own basilisk. <laughs> he would have taken that chicken, taken that toad. Boom. Well, it's certainly not quite as finger crossing as I think. <laughs> I think it's more of a sit on top. I don't think there's necessarily any <laughs> finger crossing togetherness. It's the toad and the chicken, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the skin and, and the, the feather. But what about the scale? That's um, from their snake cousin. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Oh, my God. Teresa in the chat just said, can they swim? <laughs> 100% they can swim. Is that how she got to England? <laughs> oh, my God. Across They're the channel. in the ocean. <laughs> It's the Loch Ness Monster. Oh my god, Nessie is actually just the wet plume (laughs) of a male basilisk. The plume. Definitely not a whale penis. That's old news. Basilisk plume. I don't know what Emily's talking about, but I want to. Oh, um, you obviously don't have a girlfriend who loves whales. Gonna be our bonus-ode? Yes, Mare will come and tell us about whales. Okay. And we'll look at some pictures. <laughs> I have equal amounts excitement and horror. Fun. Okay. Back to this um, other horror. Um, okay. They're, they average 50 feet in length. That's too long. And um, I'm trying to think of what's 50 feet long. Is that a school bus? I don't know. Distance. Hold on. Google. 50, I'm going to do a John Green type of um, 50 feet. How long? What is 50 feet long, in today's feet? 50 feet, how long as? Yeah. <laughs> That's a John Green search. Uh, nine things that are about 50 feet long. <laughs> okay, so this website is called, website is called measuringstuff.com. Cool. Um, about 600 inches or 15.2 meters. That's unhelpful. Okay, the Hollywood sign. I've never been there. Is about 50 feet long. Um, A semi-truck trailer. Okay, okay. okay. Yep, an extension cord. (laughs) Not mine. A 50-foot extension cord. A fishing boat. A garden hose. uh, This is too long of a snake. A, A tape measure. These are all you know things what? that you Measuring can measure. Dot com. You're, you're, you're not supposed to describe something with their own word. 
Three large SUVs. Okay, that's good enough for me. Basically, too big. <laughs> Way too long. How how are the pipes in Hogwarts so fat? Well, because you see, everybody got so sick of disapparating their poop from the corners. They're like, we're going to make this plumbing and we're going to make this plumbing last. <laughs> oh, no. The poop disapparating conversation came hold back. Hold on. Hold, hold, hold on first. You're telling me that since Salazar Slytherin <laughs> threw a fit and created a chamber, there has been plumbing... He made the plumbing for the snake. And finally, someone accidentally <laughs> bulldozed a wall and they're like, well, what are all these things in here? Why don't we use these for the poop? Are you telling me that Salazar made this, the pipes? He must have. How else is he going to make his snake get around places? She lives in the chamber. But she's supposed to be able to um, activate so whenever big. she needs to. Oh, that's true. She has to go find the muggleborn. She's not the just going to go. come to her. She's not just going to go up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> slither on down like jacob black well who else would have made the pipes if not salazar when they put the plumbing in but okay you this know that's too much for my brain <laughs> uh, this reminds me of the conversation one time when somebody told me that before elevators were invented brigham young put a space in the salt lake temple for an elevator because god told him to um mormonism's weird man mm -hmm. <laughs> so is hogwartsism yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> okay um this told me that they are mortal so how they are so old uh we'll find out i guess okay um, their distinction, for, the way you can tell a basilisk from a snake is that they have a deadly gaze. The feather? <laughs> the skin? <laughs> Those didn't um, give it away? They are venomous. Um, cool. Um, they're affiliated with the dark arts. <laughs> That's not their fault. Nope. Um, they're a class XXXXX <gasps> beast. Oh, oh, I remember learning about the classes. And their status is... Extant. Okay. I don't remember that, but. I don't know. What, I think they maybe meant to put extinct. Really? Is extant a word? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have Hey Siri on my phone, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's not much here, so. Oh, then I'm looking up extant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How extant word is. <laughs> What does status extant mean? <laughs> extant, especially of a document. I don't. Still in existence, surviving. Oh, they're still. Why can't you just have put alive? <laughs> <laughs> because it can um, it can refer to other things that aren't alive. If, for example, it says the original manuscript is no longer extant. So it's not. So longer it is in now existence. extinct. <laughs> I but just, it's a but it's a manuscript, so it's not. They didn't die out. It just like burned up. But somewhere. how fun would it be if they did? <laughs> really cool. If like manuscripts were alive and then all died. That's how I prefer to think of them. <laughs> okay. okay, extant is a word, and it means alive. <laughs> Oops, yeah. <laughs> In this case. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, you can go ahead and 
take it away. <laughs> I was loving what you were doing, though. <laughs> All right. So the basilisk was a giant serpent, also known as the king of serpents. I ref- like to refer to her as the queen of serpents. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was a magical beast that was usually bred by dark wizards. <laughs> I just learned of somebody. Herpo the fowl was the first to breed a basilisk. Herpo accomplished this by hatching a chicken egg beneath a toad, which resulted in the creature known as a basilisk. Are you telling Did me? Did he mean to do that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I had to put the iPad down. Are you telling me that there was no chicken frog fingers crossing? It was just chicken egg, normal chicken egg. Plop a toad on. Yes, that is what I was trying to get to. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) No finger crossing required. I don't like it. I want the finger crossing. Um, Basilisk breeding was banned in medieval times, a regulation that has not changed. The practice could be hidden when the Department for Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures came to check by simply removing the egg from the toad. (laughs) (laughs) And then you smash it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it has like a lice. baby basilisk yeah. in it. Like lice. You just take it out. You smush it. <laughs> it has this little pop. I cannot. Looking a basilisk d- directly in the eye caused instant death. But an indirect look would merely render the victim petrified. <laughs> Do you think the, the same thing up? is um, with Medusa? <laughs> if you just... Put a piece of paper in front of your face so you can still see her outline. Mm -hmm. You don't turn into stone. Just petrified. (laughs) You don't even turn into stone because that's what she does to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a kind of death. (laughs) It was also the mortal enemy of spiders. Not this again. I'm sorry, but everything about this is as ridiculous (laughs) as it could get. Spiders refused to speak of the basilisk, could intuitively sense their presence, and would flee whenever they sensed them. The basilisk had a classification as an XXXXX creature, okay, meaning that it was a known wizard killer. (gasps) Is it? Can it kill humans? Regular old muggles? It's gotta. Do we have to have magic? No. It says wizard killer. Well, that's because the Ministry of Magic only cares about wizards. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, that couldn't be domesticated due to its immense powers. <laughs> Who tried to domesticate one? Ha- Hagrid would. <laughs> Come here, little snakey. Come here. However, since the basilisk it was still a serpent, a parcel mouth might communicate with it and potentially place the creature under their influence. This obedience depended on the relationship between the basilisk and the parcel mouth. A relationship, you say? <laughs> Tom Riddle was the only one who could command. It's not really a relationship. It's Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, Salazar Slytherin's basilisk, while Harry Potter had no control over her, <sighs> as he had been warned. This is wonderful. <laughs> I hope people don't skip this episode. <laughs> I will (laughs) implore them not to. (laughs) Nature, physical appearance. Uh, Here's a description of the snakeskin. The light slid over a gigantic snakeskin of a vivid poisonous green lying curled and empty across the tunnel floor. The creature that had shed it must have been 20 feet long at least. 
Okay, so the basilisk could grow up to 50 feet in length, were a dark green or a color with a lighter green underbelly. They also possessed rows of incredibly sharp, poisonous fangs and large yellow eyes. These eyes had the power to instantly kill anyone. Okay, so it's anyone who looked into them. We're not immune. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. <laughs> basilisk skin was armored like that of a dragon's, which deflected spells cast upon it. Ugh, that's not fair. For example, stunning spells would have no effect on the deadly beast. The basilisk shed its skin at intervals like all other snakes when it grew. Okay, I still am wondering, and maybe we'll get the answer in the ecology section that's next, but you just put the toad on the egg? Yeah. Do you have to cast a spell? I don't think so. You have to have magic in your bones? Listen, that chicken <laughs> in that egg. Because I'm going to try this. It, it's sitting there forming, and it's like... I know some chickens. There's definitely a chicken on me. I'm going to stay a chicken. I have but access then, to a toad. But then, one time, <laughs> that chicken was sitting there in its egg, and it had a toad put on it, and it was like, I feel a changing in me. That's not my mom. I must kill. I I could do this tomorrow. And it a basilisk. I could do this tomorrow. Should I? That's a fun Patronusode. <laughs> Will you set up a live cam? Yes. <laughs> Should I go to Carolyn's, grab an egg. Just steal it. Go down to the pond, grab a toad, plop. He, aren't toads cold-blooded? Yes. How do they... How does maybe that's why how? it turns into a snake? Because it, it's. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Okay, listen. I'm making a snake. Holy shit! Okay, listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> We're at the ecology part. The way Emily just broke out. Basilisks <sighs> could live a natural life of at least. 900 years. No, thank you. Though Salazar Slytherin's basilisk lived for approximately a thousand years. Oh, man. This was accomplished by using parcel tongue to put the creature into a deep sleep. <gasps> I told you she was sleeping. Oh, that prevented I was it right from for aging. Once. <laughs> similar to suspended animation. Okay. Wow. If I could just sleep my <sighs> life away. At least a couple hundred years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Their mortal weakness was the crowing of a rooster. Their Achilles heel, if you will. What? Are you... Are you... What are you telling me? Bella got into mythology, <laughs> so I got into mythology. Are you telling me... I have had more questions in this episode than ever before. <laughs> that if I, I get my chicken egg, I get my toad, I grow a basilisk... I'm like, this basilisk is getting too big for its britches. I just go grab the rooster and make it crow. Does it kill? It's a mortal weakness. That means kill, right? Yeah. A rooster crow? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know mm -hmm. Hagrid has like 25 roosters. Well, that's why Jenny had to go kill them all. Is that not a known thing? <laughs> I didn't know. She had to kill the rooster. I thought she just was like getting that blood. Well, I mean, that was just a convenience also <laughs> happening thing. She had to kill the roosters. Well, yeah, because 
I've, Tom I'm Riddle, firing myself. Tom Riddle in his diary was like, listen, we've got a plan. The first, th- I can't have some really dumb chicken walking into the castle, getting too close to the wall and crowing while my basilisk is out and about. Can you kill them all real oh. quick? <clears throat> hey, Marin. Yeah, Marin. Okay, so we've thought about it and you don't know shit about Harry Potter. <laughs> but I really like doing this podcast. Sorry, Marin, you're fired. Okay, Marin. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, okay, so it sounds like it's just me and Teresa here for the rest of the episode. Um, okay, so Teresa, I have to read her part because she's not physically here. But she goes, I want to know if it is a fertilized chicken egg. That is a great question. Oh my gosh, do I have to get one where the chicken and the rooster went like that? Oh my that? God, it's because the basilisk <laughs> has daddy issues. <laughs> It's like you were never <laughs> there for all. me. The toad was there for me. That makes more sense than anything else that we've discovered throughout this last uh-huh. 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Teresa also says it must be because they're part chicken. Oh, yeah. Right? The mm-hmm. feather. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but Pam is also here. So we have now two more um, co-hosts Good, here with me. I just got fired, Pam, by myself. <laughs> I fired myself. Mm-hmm. Are not knowing shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, basilisks fed off vertebrate animals, but is it is unknown how much they ate at one time. The serpent of Slytherin survived on rats. That's not enough. Oh my god. What For if a 50 that foot? was Peter Pettigrew's final <laughs> fate? <laughs> <laughs> we think he just ran off into the forest, but no. He got eaten. Well, it's it the the scabbers, timeline doesn't man. line up, but bye scabbers, bye. That would have been iconic. That would have, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the male could be distinguished from the female by a single scarlet plume on its head. Now, does plume mean more than one feather, or does it just have a salt like? Kind of like a unicorn, but with one feather on its head. Girl, I don't know. I got fired today, so. Um, anyone in the chat, <laughs> if you can look up the definition of plume for me, that would be great. Oh, Pam rehired you, so you Thank can come Thank you, back. Pam. Pam God. is our hiring manager, She's actually. She's our agent. She's our talent finder. <laughs> Thank you. I need this job. Okay. It's vital. <laughs> okay, so a basilisk egg. So, hold on. Basilisks have eggs, too? What? No! Or does it just become a basilisk egg once the toad's on it? It has. That has to be it. Okay, let's keep... Okay. A basilisk (laughs) egg was the egg of said creature. (laughs) They were chicken eggs hatched beneath a toad, thus creating deadly king of... Okay, so they can't procreate basilisk no basilisk. Uh-uh. You, there's no basilisk funny business going on no canoodling mm-hmm. down there uh. <laughs> deadly gaze oh well, hold on okay pam in the chat <laughs> says plume a long soft feather or arrangement of feathers used <gasps> by a bird for display or worn by a person for ornament I'm um, going with poof of feathers. I'm going with single one feather. <laughs> okay. When a live victim looked directly into the basilisk's eyes, it resulted in instant death, making it even more dangerous than an acromantula. 
Although looking at the eyes through camera lens or a ghost's transparent body would dampen the lethal effects, looking through a pair of glasses did not offer this. Well, that's just rude. Your glasses what are don't these do good anything for, to you. Then? No, nothing. They barely uh, even keep the blue light out. Oh, it's because glasses still allow one's line of vision to connect directly and clearly with the serpent's eyes. Probably better even. So if I just get a prescription that's wrong. Girl, take your glasses off. <laughs> don't use these anymore. <laughs> You're safe. Myrtle, Myrtle Warren was such, Myrtle Elizabeth Warren was such an unfortunate person as her wearing glasses. She was such an unfortunate person. <laughs> <laughs> did not save her from death when she looked directly at the serpent of Slytherin's eyes. Ghosts could look directly into the serpent's eyes without suffering death as the dead couldn't die again. However, they would suffer petrification. Should a camera be reflected onto the serpent's eyes, the lens and film would be melted. Ugh. A phoenix was immune to the basilisk's gaze, where dire- whether directly or not, as the bird is immortal. If the basilisk's eyes were damaged, thus rendering it blind, it took away the lethal ability as well. Take that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We're in the petrification section. Um, okay. So when a victim looked in... Oh, wait. Did you just do all... Yeah. Uh-uh, I didn't do any of the petrification. Oh. I just had the same sentence. Okay. <laughs> When a victim looked indirectly at the basilisk's eyes, such as its reflection, they would merely become petrified, similar to a stare of a gorgon. <gasps> I know about gorgons because they're in Breath of the Wild. Oh, oh that, they're big rock the people, Zelda at least in okay. Zelda. I don't okay. know if that's their true mythology form. I'm into it. We have a Lego of one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Big rock guy. Yep. Um, this was the case with Hermione Granger, Penelope Clearwater, Justin Finch Fletchley, Colin Creevy, Nearly Headless Nick, and Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris. <laughs> Why am I totally forgetting that Penelope Clearwater was petrified? She's so... Has it not happened yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, that's why. That happen- um, <laughs> she happens with Hermione. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, Myrtle Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> commonly known as Moaning Elizabeth Warren Myrtle. <laughs> was not so fortunate and looked directly into the basilisk's eyes, which resulted in her immediate death. Sorry, I laughed, Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) A way of surviving a basilisk's gaze was by seeing it through another object. An example mentioned above was when Colin Creevy saw it through his camera, resulting in his petrification and his camera lens becoming melted. Justin Finch Fletchley saw the basilisks through the translucent ghost nearly headless Nick and was petrified. The already deceased Sir Nicholas became petrified as well, although he did look at the beast's eye directly. Why did they not enlist the ghost's help in trying to find the Chamber of Secrets? They literally go in everywhere. Literally send a ghost all around. Hey. The ghosts knew this whole time. They just didn't care about telling anyone. Hey, Rowena, you were there. Mm-hmm. go find the snake. She would be like, that's fine. I'll go do it. Yeah. If you're like, hey, here's where someone died. Can you guys all just like <laughs> do a parameter search here? Up, down, left, right, in, out, around, above. They just go down and be like, this is suspicious. Down more. Interesting that this huge pipe goes down from these tiny sinks. Look how many miles and miles beneath the castle we are. Oh my, I simply found it, the Chamber of Secrets. Oh my god, how, why, 
why aren't we not in charge? <sighs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> just in charge of everything. I'm still fuming that Dumbledore just popped open that camera. <sighs> He's dumb. Mm. Um, okay. Hermione Granger was petrified while gathering information on the basilisk. She discovered she was the monster in the Chamber of Secrets and that the serpent traveled through the pipes in the school. Hermione was petrified after seeing the basilisk's eye and a hand mirror. Petrification seemed quite powerful as the legendary Albus Dumbledore (laughs) concluded that the only way to reverse the effect was through the use of the Mandrake restorative draught. Spiders were terrified of basilisks, described them as their enemy, and fled before them. Spiders, such as the Acromantula, also refused to even speak of it or mention its name. Rubius Hagrid asked Aragog, quote, many times, <laughs> to name the monster, but Aragog refused to say her name or even speak of her. Oh, what an asshole. I'm glad everyone else is calling her her. Me too. Ooh, this is about the venom. Um... Oh, man. Look at how smart Hermione is. She goes, it doesn't have to be a basilisk fang. It has to be something so destructive that the horcrux can't. I'm sorry. This picture underneath this quote is so gross that it's distracting me from reading it. Um, It has to be something so destructive that the horcrux can't repair itself. Basilisk venom has only one antidote, and it's incredibly rare. And then Harry Potter goes, Phoenix tears. (laughs) And then there's a horrid picture of Harry Potter's mangled arm. Oh, yeah. You know what a great band name is? <laughs> what? Phoenix Tears. <laughs> it is great. I thought you were going to say Harry Potter's mangled arm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's the first album. <laughs> Though it's eye gaze alone could potentially kill its victims, Basilisk Venom was an extremely poisonous substance that only had one known antidote phoenix tears how could a chicken and a toad make such a horrid monster <laughs> chickens are nice toads are cute chickens are terrifying well they're toads a little scary are creepy i've picked up a chicken though they'll let I you pick it up and pick up a chicken their feathers are so soft the only bird i dare touch would be a small duck oh, a very small Just one a little when chick. it's still fluffy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before it gets real feathers yes <laughs> um so distracted sorry let's see basilisk venom was also was so powerful that it could kill a person within minutes making the person drowsy and blurry visioned before they died it had, that's just me every day. <laughs> me right now. <laughs> it had a very long lasting effect, which still remained potent even up to five years or more after the snake had died. Damn. It could also damage inanimate objects so thoroughly that they were impossible to restore, and thus it was one of the few substances powerful enough to destroy a horcrux. When Harry Potter slew the serpent of Slytherin and the sword of Gryffin- with the sword of Gryffindor in 1992, impregnated. <laughs> The sword became imbued. Um, The sword became impregnated (laughs) with the basilisk's venom, giving it the ability to destroy. Okay. Do you think that um, impregnating the sword with venom, then the sword gives birth to a chicken? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. It gives birth to vengeance. 
<laughs> okay. Um, however, the venom was not poisonous simply by touching it. When Ron Weasley extracted a basilisk fang with his bare hands in the chamber, he did not die. Thank God. <laughs> Imagine he did. <laughs> this is so long, but this so This is so chaotic. Oh, no. Okay. I think we're pretty close. All right. So within the wizarding world... All right, we're going to learn about this. <laughs> Pam asks the age-old question, how do swords give birth? <laughs> how does a toad sitting on a chicken egg make a snake? <laughs> These are good questions. Mm-hmm. We need to do a whole other episode on this. <laughs> Our favorite guy, Newt Scamander, says, The first recorded basilisk was bred by Herpo the Fowl, a Greek dark wizard and parcel mouth, who discovered after much experimentation that a chicken egg hatched beneath a toad would produce a gigantic serpent possessed of extraordinarily dangerous powers. Thanks, Newt. Dark wizard Herpo the Fowl, while in ancient Greece, was the first to breed a basilisk. Oh, it's got a picture of him here with a basilisk. That seems dangerous. I mean, it's a drawing. Oh, he has a parcel ma- mouth, though. Oh, so he had it under his power. Yeah, they have a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he accomplished this by hatching a chicken egg beneath a toad, which resulted in the creature known as a basilisk. Herpo was able to control basilisk due to the fact that he was a parcel mouth and thereby could speak snake language. Basilisk breeding was banned. The British ministry said all chicken coops in the wizarding world were subject to police inspection in order to thwart basilisk breeding. What if a toad just hops in there on accident? <laughs> oh, my God. And then you're just sleeping one day, and then you get eaten by a basilisk. It's not even your fault. No, you just you just are live. You live next to a pond. Luckily, the next day it would die because of the rooster, though. <laughs> they have a, have a short lifespan <laughs> in um, <laughs> the natural world. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Uh, let's see. However, the ban was quite easy to evade by simply removing the egg (laughs) from underneath the toad whenever the department came to check. A more natural and effective limit on breeding was the simple fact that the creatures were uncontrollable except by parcel mouths, and therefore every bit as dangerous to dark wizards as to other wizards and muckles. For this reason, the serpents remain mercifully rare. In fact, until the incident in 1943 described below, next... Uh, there had been no confirmed reports of basilisks in Britain since the 16th century. <laughs> so, Salazar Slytherin was responsible for the construction of the Chamber of Secrets beneath Hogwarts dungeons. It was specifically created for the purpose of purging the school of all muggle-born students. The chamber contained a basilisk, which could be controlled only by his tr- own true heir, and use her to rid the school of all those he considered unworthy to study magic. In 43, when heir Tom Riddle opened the chamber, he used the basilisk to attack Muggleborns. The basilisk killed one girl by the name of Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> In 93, Riddle opened the chamber again through the use of one of his seven horcruxes. Using the bit of soul encompassed by the diary, he took partial control of poor Ginny Weasley. While she was not entirely aware of it, he forced her to do his bidding, which included writing frightening messages on the walls and strangling the school's roosters. <laughs> Who wrote this book? This is ridiculous. <laughs> During the second opening of the chamber, numerous muggle-borns were petrified. They Blah, blah, blah. We're certainly learning more than we ever anticipated to learn. <laughs> 
Riddle's ultimate goal was to lure Harry Potter into the chamber and kill him. Harry Potter ultimately slayed Slytherin's basilisk by stabbing her through the roof of the mouth with the sword of Gryffindor. The sword came out of the sorting hat, which had magically appeared in front of him. The hat was originally delivered to him by Fox, Dumbledore's phoenix. The sword was then impregnated with basilisk venom. According to Igar Karkaroff, Alistair Moody had smashed apart a birthday present that he thought in paranoia was a cleverly disguised basilisk egg before finding out it was a mere carriage clock. <laughs> I love me some Moody. The skeleton of Slytherin's basilisk laid with him. Why, why did we need that? That, that paragraph was irrelevant, mm -hmm. yet delightful. Uh, the skeleton of Slytherin's basilisk laid within the chamber today and was over 20 feet long. During the opening stages of the Battle of Hogwarts, Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley went down into the chamber to fetch Basilisk's fangs in order to rid of Voldemort's remaining horcruxes. They had to resort to the fangs after losing their earlier means of destroying horcruxes. Uh, ancient Greek uh, basil, yes, means king, with the suffix iskos being a diminutive, the whole having the sense of princeling or the like, purported for the crown-like white spot on its head. Oh my. Well, um, since we brought up again the fact that Salazar put the basilisk in the chamber in order to rid muggleborns from the school, I want to read a comment that we got um, on one of our past episodes. Alpos. Yes. This is from Marion. And she says, hi, guys, I posted this on the Tom Riddle episode. So sorry if the repeat is annoying. LOL. But never annoying, Marion. <laughs> obviously not, because here we are using the repeat. She says, Emily's comment about Slytherin made me want to repeat. So something Marin said earlier in the pod has really stuck with me. Salazar Slytherin didn't want Muggleborns at Hogwarts because it was a place where young, vulnerable, magical children were gathered at a time when witchcraft was persecuted. In this episode about Riddle, Tom mentions that he is, quote, carrying on Slytherin's noble work. I have a theory. What if the basilisk wasn't meant to be a weapon against muggleborns? What if it was Slytherin's insurance policy and backup plan in case the school and its occupants were ever discovered by witch hunters? It's not like he let the basilisk loose. According to the legends, Slytherin himself never even set the basilisk to attack anyone. I think that over the centuries, Slytherins, um, in parentheses, at the time justified, fear of discovery by non-magic people became a scapegoat for later wizards, including his own descendants, to excuse their personal discrimination against muggles and muggle-borns. Tom Riddle doesn't actually know anything about Slytherin, he just assumes Slytherin was racist because Tom himself is racist, and other racists are like, it's okay because Salazar was racist. <laughs> Riddle did what many people with power do. He abused the basilisk's power in order to kill Myrtle and terrorize the school instead of recognizing it as a last resort contingency measure to defend the students. Wow. Like, W-O-W, -W, wow. I I never I never for the rest of my life would have thought of that. Well, and the thing that kind of um, rings true about this theory for me is that the other three founders of the school were not 
dumb, gullible people. Oh, no. And there's no way they would be friends with Salazar Slytherin if he was, like, a super straight-up shady dude. Right. But now he left the school, though, right? He, yeah. We'll have to remember his whole history. So, but, okay, I I love this theory. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it has no flaws. Because, obviously... Hogwarts was built to get away from muggles who were trying to kill wizards. Mm -hmm. You would obviously want to make a safeguard in order to protect yourself from other muggles who want to kill you. This is not something that in in and of itself is an evil plan. Mm -hmm. So now my whole bedrock foundation is crumbling. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Because now I'm like... Was this just a way to protect himself and the school and the children who were coming to the school? Well, because I still think that the argument is valid of the other three founders being like, we get where you're going for, but we don't need a giant monster to kill people (laughs) if they break in. Like there are other things that we can do to safeguard the school. (laughs) And he was like, you guys are going to regret it. Bye. And like he just (laughs) loved his idea of his giant snake in the school or whatever. But I mean, I I would love to live in a world where this is true. Me too. I want it to be true so badly that my brain is like holding on to it and and trying to just justify it and make it true. Because I sincerely want it to make sense. I don't want to think that one of the founders of Hogwarts was a raging white supremacist, you know, muggle supremacist mm-hmm. or, or wizard supremacist. Uh, it, Cause that's just so heartbreaking. And then to, for that to be the lore that it's been passed down for centuries and centuries and centuries and everyone just believes it. And everybody thinks like, Oh, well people who are Slytherins are obviously racist, obviously horrible people because they're just the heir of, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I hate that. It's heartbreaking because I don't want to think to myself, well, yeah, every Slytherin's a big asshole because that's just simply not true. Well, and and also the fact that the, the sorting hat was Godric Gryffindor. So like the hat knows what the core mm-hmm. values of each house are. And so it wouldn't make sense for the hat then to place good people into a house that had such a terrible beginning. Yeah. It's it definitely it, makes more sense that it got twisted over time because bad people exist everywhere and so they just created this persona of this house that has some shared values with you know power and um I I do you know all those types of things. So it it totally checks out for me. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It makes so much sense and it's like it's so comforting. And maybe that's why I just want to hold on to it so tightly because I'm like it. It's it feels so much better than just thinking that he was evil. Because mm-hmm. no, <laughs> he wanted the same thing that the other founders wanted. Mm-hmm. He wanted a safe place for witches and wizards to study because they weren't they weren't bad. They were witches and wizards, just like we're muggles. Who cares, you know? And so they wanted to keep them safe. They wanted to keep their children safe specifically. Mm-hmm. And what's more noble than that? Yeah, I uh. think the line just gets blurry again with like the muggle-born wizard issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even in current Harry Potter time, they don't know why muggle-born 
wizards have magic. Right. And so it makes sense that clear back in the day, he was like, they're stealing it or, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. common thing. But I mean, that doesn't seem like such a terrible thing to be afraid of. Maybe to act on quite so aggressively. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> but if you're, I mean, yeah. So the theory that the monster was created specifically to only protect from the muggles who were actively trying to literally burn our children at the stake. Okay. Still don't make a monster, but yeah, obviously you're terrified. So you're going to go to great lengths. I don't know. I could talk about that theory for a long time. <laughs> That's a great theory, Marion. Did it just come out of your your own very brain <laughs> is that an original that because that's amazing I've think? never heard it before I yeah, think it's great so thank you for that yeah that's really all on on the website uh we just have like appearances notes and references and then a little bit of behind the scenes which isn't anything boring stuff they're super boring <laughs> another thought that I had is it's it's interesting to think that Voldemort didn't create a basilisk to have under his control because he's all about drama and flair like why wouldn't he want his own or why wouldn't he take the one out of the school because he maybe he knows how hard it is to control and he has Nagini which he has full control over like literal it's him you know um and so he's like basilisk hard work Nagini, easy. I, I mean, obviously, Tom's a lazy ass. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to <laughs> actually do the work. And so he's going to take the easy way out where he's like, I'd like a basilisk, but I don't want to have to control it like all the time. I have to sleep sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know. And Nagini, he can just close in a room and she'll <laughs> yeah. stay there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have no idea. I mean, because it's so easy to make one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I wonder <laughs> if maybe they're harder to possess. Yeah. I wonder if he tried. Oh my gosh, maybe he did. And he was like, I just, yeah, this is too much work. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Well, this has been an adventure from beginning to now. This is the longest uh, we've ever talked about anyone or anything. And I I would have kept going if there was more information. So that was great. (laughs) Uh, We are going to go record a bonus load about whale penises. Yes. So (laughs) if you want to be a part of that, come join us on the Patreon. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, for being there for us. Um, Tell your friends, rate and review this podcast. To me, this podcast is a treasure and I would love it if more people knew about it and more people could come join us. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it, it really is like dear to my heart. I know I fired myself today, but I'm 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 never going to leave the office because <laughs> I really want this I really want this podcast to reach as many people as it can. So if tell your friends, tell your tell your mom and dad, tell your cousins, um rate and review and we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks to everybody in the chat who hung out with us on Patreon today. Love you guys. And um until next time, let's create something magical together. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been remembering Twilight with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Twilight Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus episode, access to our notes, 
original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at RememberTwilightPodcast at gmail.com, send us a voice message on Anchor, or leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you to Stephanie Meyer for sharing her dream and making ours come true.